0: Back everyone to Intersectional Conversations. Today I have a really special guest. Nate the podcast is here for our segment Tell Your Story to share their college experience as a first generation student of color, but also as someone who is in the higher education system in South Africa somewhere that we have not heard of because we have been focusing on the new United States I'm so excited to learn more and welcome Nay
1: Hi um thank you so much for inviting me to this um amazing uh platform you know um i absolutely love what you guys are doing you know i had a listen to the first season of your podcast and i really enjoyed it hey i'm so excited to be here
0: thank you so much for listening i appreciate it I, and the whole season wow like that's so amazing thank you thank you and i'm so excited for you to share your story now because you know we've been sharing hours and now we want to hear other stories you know that are not um maybe not similar, but sometimes similar, but sometimes the importance is the differences, right? And that we acknowledge that we need to be helping each other, even though we may be in different circumstances, right?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to share. Like, I am so excited.
0: Yeah. Yay. So before we start, I want to quickly plug in the magazine that sponsors this podcast, including other podcasts like Comadriando Hour. Um, That that is Magazine.com. If you haven't checked out our magazine yet, please go check it out. We have so many exciting things happening there, including a podcast page and info on every co-host of all the podcasts but also categories like art, travel, food, and social justice, and so much more. And also, if you are enjoying this podcast, please check us out on Instagram at Intersectional Convo, or on Twitter at Intersectional Convo, or you can email us at Intersectional Conversations at gmail.com. And Nate, do you have anywhere that they can find you in case they want to ask you questions or just for the
1: and um, they can find me on the podcast page on Instagram at the podcast, or on Twitter if they have Twitter at Podcast
0: <laughs> Perfect. So are you ready to start?
1: Yes, I am.
0: <laughs> yes. So to start us off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where did you grow up?
1: So um, my name is Renee Rue, but but um, a lot of people call me Nay or Ney Nay, and I'm the host of Nay, the podcast, um, and most of the topics that I speak about are literally, um, it's about me in a way, but it's not. It's like a reflection of me, like the topics that I use. So thats why I grew up in the land of South Africa, Pretoria, yeah. and they also call it the jacaranda city because of the beautiful jacaranda trees that bloom in the springtime. So, yeah, beautiful city. It's a beautiful city. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm just tired of the city though, because I feel like I've been here all my life. I need a change. I get it. (laughs) Although I don't sound like a black South African as I've been told, so. Is it because they,
0: like my family, I'm the first generation here and many of my cousins would tell me that I sounded like a white girl. Like I didn't sound like Mexican or Salvadorian. So when I went to college, they told me I had an accent. And I was like, oh, can you tell my family? Because they
1: swore I was a white girl. I think for me, it's because, you know, the history of South Africa, right? Like the whole apartheid and everything and how when apartheid ended, like that's when black people were able to like now take their kids to um previously white owned schools and Yeah, I think my mother and my my mother took advantage of that. I mean, I went to schools within the city. And because of that, we were taught English as if it is a home language. And I adopted and adapted to the language as if... Actually, I actually speak English fluently as compared to my home language. So, (laughs) yeah. What is your native language? Uh, My home language is... uh, Northern Swahili, which is called Saberi and Zonga. Unfortunately, I really can't speak those languages to the best of my ability because I've got oh, a yeah. accent as they say. So what else can I tell you about myself? Um, I'm an ambivert. Like I prefer being alone, but like I can also mingle with people. And I think I didn't have an issue with this. During the pandemic, because I'm okay with it, I'm okay with being alone. I'm okay with <laughs> not always interacting with people. Yeah, and I am the youngest of two, so I've got an older sibling. And did your siblings go to college? Um, my sister's actually done. She just um got her second qualification. Wow. wow. Yeah. You <laughs> so congratulations for her. Uh, yeah. Yay. I'm happy for her too. But like I feel like there's too much pressure because yeah, my mother I, has yeah, three I, qualifications. Exactly. My sister has <laughs> two qualifications. Now it's me. <laughs> oh no, no pressure because
0: you know it is a lot of work I can say working on my PhD I can say like you cannot earn these degrees if you are not going to put in the work you know yeah it's that's difficult.
1: true That's true. doing the work right
0: now you're you know you're about to graduate which we're gonna find out I'm not trying to ruin it yet guys <laughs> <laughs> gonna find out
1: so are you ready for my next question I am I am ready
0: yeah. What college are you attending right now? And is it far from your home? And how did your family respond to you going to college? I mean, you already kind of talked a little bit about it, but um, what was the process like? And were they part of it?
1: Okay, so um, I'm a student at the University of Pretoria. Um, It's not far from home. It's literally like 10-15 minutes away or less, oh, wow. depending <laughs> It's really close. Um, How did my family respond? They were actually happy because my family is all about education, you know, like they want you to get your education and then you can do whatever you want after that as long as you got that education, you know. So Mm -hmm. they were really happy that I got accepted. Um, My sister was the one who actually helped me apply for university. She was all in, you know, she paid for all the application fees, like, she was there, she helped me, and that's, that's literally that's all I can lot, say. Right?
0: <laughs> you, how much do you, like, pay per, do you remember, per application for?
1: Um, I know for the University of Pretoria, at that time, it was three grand, so that's about $28, dollars wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for an application, so...
0: Yeah, and it that up, right? Like, and if you don't come from a family that's established or ha- that has money, you know, that's a lot of yeah, it's it a to lot come by, But it is a huge commitment, and then it adds up to being a lot, you know. Like, yeah, so, and
1: not just not just mm-hmm. the application fees, but the registration fees as well. Yes, I know.
0: <laughs> That's you know, we have that here, too, but I don't know if it's the same, you know, like you must, you know, we we spend money even before we step foot on the college. And even if they reject us, we spent all this money, you know.
1: Mm, that's true, because, you know, it's not just the application fee, it's registration fee, it's your student card, it's, it's just everything. yeah. yeah. Um
0: the other question is what degree are you pursuing?
1: Um, I'm doing a bachelor of administration, majoring in public administration and international relations.
0: Wow. Double major? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Girl, you're doing already so amazing. Like I don't know if the pressure is what's making you do double major, but that's already a huge deal because you could potentially, I don't know, do you guys do minors in college? Um, like, we do No, we don't. we
1: don't. We only have cores and electors.
0: Yeah, no, but that's, like, a huge commitment, you know? So, like, people who can't do double majors sometimes won't minor, which require way less classes. And it's basically, like, just, like, it's not a certificate because it really is a degree, but... um it's just not the whole thing you know it's not like you went through the entire program you know yeah i did not double major personally i just i wanted to get out as quickly as
1: possible
0: (laughs) um the next question is why did you choose this major and what do you love about or what do you love about it and did you ever change majors did you switch
1: majors okay all right um I did not choose this major. Like, what had happened was (laughs) I wanted to do a Bachelor of Arts in Languages or um, Journalism, right? But, like, I didn't want me to go to a university that was far from home. So, the University of Pretoria doesn't have um, Journalism. They only have the um, the Bachelor of Arts in Languages, right? That was my first choice. So I couldn't go to a university that was far because she's like, rather go closer to home, plus it's cheaper, you know, she doesn't have to pay for res, she doesn't have to pay for anything else, you know, it's like, yeah, so okay. that, that was fine. Okay. Then what had happened at the University of Pretoria was that the humanities faculty was full. Like, I don't understand why he was always full i i don't understand so it was full and i wasn't able to do the bachelor of arts and languages so i ended up having to go for my second choice i was not happy at all because i was like okay but this is not what i actually you know like
0: but it's yeah. fine i'll
1: just do it and maybe i'll change after my first year but like at the end of my first year i was like you know what? let me just finish what i've started. Because yeah. what if I change and then I also don't like what I'm doing there and then I'm going to end up changing and changing and changing till I don't finish, you know? So I was yeah, like, you let don't me just
0: to jump too fast and jump the yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was just like, let me just finish what I've started. And then I also did more research and I was like, hey, you know what? I can still become a political journalist because, I mean, I have international relations, so yeah. maybe... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, um, I think that's what made me love it a bit more, the fact that I can still pursue my journalism career. That's awesome. I just
0: wanted to comment that, I don't know if you remember, but in, um, I think I talked about it. I don't know if I did or didn't, but I actually was originally going to be a journalism major, and I had a bad time in one particular class, in my, like, the prerequisite classes, that they call them. Yeah. And it led for me to leave because I went to a predominantly white university and it was small and I came from the city and it was more in like a forest kind of area in Cali, which is in Northern Cali, almost hitting Oregon. And Uh I basically was for the first time sitting in a room where it was predominantly white Students, You know, and I was like what they call quote unquote minority. Right. But I don't like that. Yeah, word, but yeah. I was definitely outnumbered is the word I could potentially use. Um, And when they would have conversations yeah. around people of color, communities of color, they would use outdated terms that I felt could could be not used. Like using illegal alien is like not it was used in the '90s a lot, especially by the media. But respectfully, you say undocumented, you know, workers or undocumented people, um, and they were like so re- resistant to that. They were like, "Oh, who cares?" Or like, "Why are you being so like?" High oh, because it sounds super horrible. That's why. And you imply so many things just by saying illegal, you know. And so people were saying really kind of racist or like ignorant things in class and it like,
1: yeah.
0: kind of bubbled and bubbled until like I eventually like expressed myself in like this like online forum and I said hey like I wish that my classmates were a little more considerate of how they talk about communities of color it eventually got really bad I did it I think I redid it for the magazine podcast where these kids started, and this is MySpace, um, they started on MySpace page talking shit about me and they started a campaign about freedom of speech because Americans love that shit. And yeah. they started campaigning against me saying that I was like taking their rights and being an asshole. And then I had, I was an activist at the time, like I was a student activist. So I was part of an organization called the Women of Color Liberation Army. And I asked these women to come to my class and and just, like, witness for themselves, like, these people treating me like shit. And, like, basically, they didn't even have to say anything. They just looked at me like I was just uber scum and, like, why was I making it such a big deal, you know? And they would call me, like, they would tell me, like, oh, you, you're just pulling the race card or you just want to be the martyr for your people and stupid shit like that. And it made me leave journalism. So hearing your story is like so interesting because um, a lot of us want to become journalists for like the political reasons of wanting to change things and wanting to like, you know, give a, a, a dignified voice to our communities. But like there's people that just don't understand that. And yeah, I am kind of referring to white people, you know, because they were so, one of the excuses that the department used on me was, oh well you know a lot of these kids come from white communities so they've never interacted with people of color as if like that should justify their racist behavior you know and i felt so unsafe so i left you know but yeah
1: um, everywhere i feel like it or maybe (laughs) as i see it in south africa and the u.s it's a big thing yeah africa more than anything, we speak about, like we voice it and we literally talk at those racists because we do have racist people. Yeah. I mean, majority of us may be Black in South Africa, but we still have a lot of white people in South Africa. I mean, we got <laughs> a lot girls. of other African countries would say that we're uh, the whitest African country. Let's put it. Is. So mm-hmm. um, we mm-hmm. experience racism quite a lot. And For us, a lot of, especially in the political arena, political party, that's always, whenever something racist happens, they want to take it to the media. They want to start picketing. They want to start rioting. So, like, Mm -hmm. it's a big thing everywhere. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, so I'm, like, glad that we're having this discussion. Because it makes me feel so connected to someone who's not even in the U.S. but understands this frustration, you know, in the university or like, just like trying to figure out how to succeed under, you know, these places where we don't have power or or power is being taken, you know, or That's we're true. being. Yeah,
1: you know how a lot of people
0: <laughs> would
1: think. Just because you are in a um, majority black country, as a black person, you have opportunity. You will make it. That's not the case. Uh, Mm -hmm. There was something that I heard the other day, um, I think it was at the beginning of the year, where they said that, yes, we have black government, but we are still ruled by the whites. The economy is still Mm -hmm. under the white. We we are a very young democracy trying to reel from apartheid, although it's been 27 years now, but like, you know, as much it's as they're ruled by to, black people, right? you know, we yeah. have a black government, there's still that white minority that's in power, if you get what yeah. I'm saying. No, I totally <laughs> so we also still, saying. yeah, we also still kind of struggling as black people in South Africa. We really are. Mm-hmm. That's
0: so interesting like I'm also Salvadorian my mom's from El Salvador and I don't know if you're watching what's going on over there but even in Guatemala and Central America like uh, our vice president Kamala Harris went out there and said hey don't come over to the United States stay here let's fix the problems here that you have as if the United States didn't like coin pro and coop the hell out of central america during the 80s and as if you didn't you know give all this money to their military and as if you weren't the ones coming with your military and training these militaries to you know kill them each other you know Um, then trying to like 2021 come at it like well you have problems and let me help you with those problems like no do you not remember NAFTA, the National Trade Agreement, or CAFTA, the Central American Trade Agreement that came after that? How how horrendous NAFTA was to Mexico. And now then you went forward and you were like, oh, that's okay. We fucked over Mexico. That's okay. That's a great agreement because we don't have to pay fucking taxes to coming over to other countries and taking their labor and, and not having to pay shit, you know, basically, or taxes even to to move your service or trade. Um, and then you did it to Central America with NAFTA, you know, and then like you want act like you didn't do shit to like create the chaos that it's in right now. And like El Salvador, like you're like you're saying, is also seen as like a quote unquote young democracy because we've been fighting, you know, for a, gov- a stable government for so long and Mexico the same like people this country in the United States like to say hey this your countries don't even they can't even be stable they don't even have a stable political representation it's like well fuck you like you know this and you take over and you put people into positions of power and then you fund them to completely and then you act like
1: you didn't do anything you know yeah yeah. it sounds very similar to what's happening down here Uh, uh, I know that's why I'm like I
0: hear you like I want you to know I hear you you know like I totally (laughs) understand and hear you you know like these are our struggles as people of color in like you know in solidarity around the world like we are facing colonialism still we're still facing imperialist powers being you know absolutely you know, inhuman about, like, so many things, you know, like, for the United States to tell people not to come, it's so freaking, like, I'm so embarrassed, you know, like, how dare you tell people not to leave war, to leave horrible political circumstances, like, how dare you, and Kamala Harris is a, a daughter of immigrants, that's not even like it's just the the, the, like the contradictions are so interesting you know but
1: yeah yeah, we just
0: we just try to like figure out
1: people you know yeah that's true that's true we just try to figure it out
0: yeah we're like you look like me but you're making really weird decisions and I want to understand why but like I also want to tell you what is wrong with you you know yeah (laughs) This is a small break in between episodes to let you know a little bit more about our sponsors. If you or anyone you know wants to start a podcast, we highly recommend the Anchor app. The Anchor app is absolutely free and super easy to use. You can record with anyone, anytime, anywhere, with your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast to multiple platforms such as Spotify and Google Podcasts. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it's absolutely free. So what are you waiting for? Download the Anchor app today or check out anchor.fm. We can't wait to hear your podcast. So, um, my
1: next
0: question for you challenging thing about your major majors because you got two and how did you overcome them like what's like me and this is just coming from like a place of like what kind of advice do you have for someone who's struggling with their majors right now and like how did you you know overcome maybe those fears or that or that like complicated situation
1: okay my most challenging thing is that I suffer from anxiety, Maybe that thing where I'd always be afraid to fail one of my majors. I always, it's always oh, no. about balancing, right? So mm-hmm. you'd be like, "Why am I doing so well in this major, but in this major I'm failing?" You know, like it, 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 it really was like the hardest um, things, especially in first year because you know, in first year you're still doing that, making that transition from high school. Yeah, high school actually had a one-on-one. Um, interaction with teachers you mm-hmm. literally had the silver uh, silver spoon they used to spoon feed you in high school because i went to a small school so that's exactly what I mean. no one is there to help you right so now right. you were frustrated like oh, do i do this how do i fix this like no one would be there to chase like fix it or let me help you like it was really hard you need to go to your like tutors, tutors I like, like I'm currently
0: getting my PhD, so I would be considered a tutor for the. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) So, you know, always asking for help from people who are around you. My biggest challenge is the fact that I wanted to do everything alone, but I overcame was like, you know, there are actually people around me, so let me ask for help. (laughs) Yes, yay! Yay!
0: (laughs) you You know, being so honest and vulnerable about that. Um, Because, you know, it's hard, especially when you have, you know, bad grades your first year, it's really hard to come back with a positive and and strong self-esteem from that. You know, I had to take prerequisite classes, like I felt so embarrassed, I had to take classes that don't even count for college, but I had to take them in order to be able to take the actual quote unquote, like, official math and English classes because I was kind of behind I guess in the testing and I was so embarrassed you know but coming out of it I realized you know what that's what I needed now I feel a little bit more confident going into these next courses and even though I felt like embarrassed at the fact that I was like quote-unquote put on the spot like as being not as prepared or something like I had to push through out of that because if not, I would never believe in myself, you know. Um, And I don't know if you have this over there, but like we have something called English as a second language. And so we're we're kids who grew up speaking a, a different language, but then English was our second language. And then we went to school. So Spanish is my first language be put into classes um that were only for us because we didn't quote-unquote speak English well enough or because we were just didn't have the quote-unquote foundation to make it and that went through all my years of school up until right before college and had the fear that when I went to college they were going to still track me because they would call you every year and test you in like the office like maybe a secretary I don't know somebody and they would test your English proficiency and then they'd send a letter home and tell your parents like oh they're like proficient or not proficient or you know above proficiency or something and it was always such a like a downer, you know, because it was like you, it's just a reminder that they they feel like you're so different and you might not make it, you know. Um, and then I went to college and I was so fearful that they were gonna do that, and they don't, thankfully. But yeah. I mean, that, was, that was fearful. But then taking those prerequisite classes made me feel like, well, fuck, like I didn't need that shit. Now yeah. I still I still feel like exposed and kind of being told, like, hey, you kind of suck, you know, and, like, you have to do this in order to, like, be somewhat good, you know, and, like, make it or something, and so I get it, like, I'm so glad that you pushed through that first year, because now you're double majoring, girl, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, your
1: second language thing, that you do have that, but it depends on the that you go to, so the first additional language has to be an African language, Depends on the in which you go. Like first, additional languages either Afrikaans like, or Zulu. I did English, of course, medium, so I can also mm-hmm. speak a bit of Afrikaans. Afrikaans is like a, a sister or as a daughter language to Dutch or something along those lines. It's one of okay. official languages that's spoken yeah. by um, the the some of the white community. I wouldn't say they're not coloured. <laughs> they are. Yeah,
0: because we don't say colored here like that's like, uh, like a huge, like, offense, because that's what they would call people, uh, black people during segregation and like Jim Crow times, like when they were like, oh, colored here, white people here. So that's the that, that's like the kind of like language that people are fighting to get rid of because of that history, right? Um, but we do use people of color, which confuses people who are not from, even people here, you know, they're still like older um, generations, they're like, what, people of color, huh? Colored people, what? And you're like, no, you know, um, it's like, it's just like an attempt, of course, to dignify people and their experiences and their voices and yeah. not be categorized categorize in ways that, you know, that make you feel like Um, it takes away a piece of you like the the identity hispanic for example it is a u.s government made identity and it basically says that it it is a person who has spanish blood from spain right which Mm -hmm. yes in mexico conquest when we talk about colonialist power yes spain conquered mexico and had you know basically raped indigenous women and there was a mix and there's mestizos you know and mestizas and that's like it had a whole caste system they called it the casta system so they even had categories for each different ethnicity mixing because even middle eastern people were already coming in doing for trade through boats you know so they were like oh if you mix like this you're this if you're this you're this but at the end of the day the spaniard of course the 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 You know pure blood was at the top let's be clear and the indigenous person was all the way at the bottom and then it was the black you know slaves that were coming from africa because let's be clear um african slaves were taken from africa not only into the united states they were actually more taken into latin america so there's a lot of history there that it's still being, you know, explored, like Mexico barely in the 2000s put the category of uh, being Afro-Latino or Afro-Mexican, basically, Um, acknowledging that, hey, people have been here and our generations in and they deserve land rights, you know, not just identity, but actual political and physical ability to own land or claim generational land um, as, you know, the history that was and existed in Mexico, no matter how embarrassed you are or whatever, you know, it's, it happened. And you need to be clear about our culture and how beautiful it is and how Black culture, African culture is in Mexican culture, you know. Um, but girl like I'm just getting on my high horse because I think people tend to forget um, that you know there is this huge even ethnic boundary where people uh, prefer lighter you know and so then the U.S. named people Hispanics just devaluing Hispanic blood but you know I don't know how you it feel how indigenous folks in Africa feel but in Mexico, there is indigenous people who never saw the Spaniards and never intermixed and are indigenous and who indigenous in their identities and do not want to identify as having, you know, Hispanic blood because it never occurred, you know, they were, you were in isolated areas, you know, um, mm-hmm. and so the identities sometimes are forced on us. So like in California, people don't go by Hispanic, but if you go to New Mexico, um, people say I'm Hispanic or Texas, you know? And in California, people say I'm Chicano or, or Chicano or Mexican or Latino or Latina. And it's so crazy that that's just like, you know states next to each other so i can only imagine how it works out like you know in africa which is like a huge continent you know um and how race works you know because of the history you know let's keep it real not just because of you know love or anything like that but there's also yeah.
1: race,
0: you know and there's like rape and, you know yeah. South africa there's a four or
1: five races it's of course african um and it's the white then it's the colors so the history of the colors is that they—they um, they, I wouldn't say they mixed race, but they mixed that. Um, uh-huh. Back in the day, um, it was when the white settlers came to um, Africa, South Africa, and they started sleeping with black people, and somehow they created a race. So, uh-huh. the colors, I feel like they, so they brought the lingo
0: from the United States. Basically, or from you.
1: To be honest, I'm also still learning the history. (laughs) I only thought of the black history, but the black history, I'm much aware because I am black. But the color, I'm still trying to understand it.
0: Just girl, don't feel bad. Like I, like I said, I'm getting my PhD in ethnic studies. I spent over more than a decade studying the history of my, you know, of different people of color in the United States and around the world for a long time. So don't feel like, oh my God, she's coming from a really like knowledgeable place. Like I've just been <laughs> studying this, you know? <laughs> um, The next question for you was, who was your support group and how did they help you during your time in college?
1: Um my family say they helped me, my encouragement, because you know how family is. Yeah. So
0: and I, sometimes they don't even understand either and they're like,
1: okay, good luck, you know. Yeah. And my friends who actually supported me throughout my whole um university career. Same. I feel the same. My peers really helped me. Um the other one is,
0: what do you plan to do with your major or majors Hey,
1: Probably go into political journalism, like I said. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, if if at that time I feel like it, um, I could run for office.
0: <laughs> yes, I, I know that I'm not from there, but I'd support you from here.
1: <laughs> I don't know if you like me um, deeply. Did- into South Africa, it's bad. It's bad. Like, guys, our government is a mess. Like, wow. And it's a problem. Uh, unemployment has always been high. It's never been due to. Pre COVID, we had a really high unemployment rate, and it's mainly among the youth. Wow. And you always ask yourself, okay, we're not going to work because it's hard. Job market really sucks. Like, it's not competitive pre-pandemic, I think our unemployment rate was probably 29%, but now it's like 32%, if I'm not mistaken. And with unemployment, not just unemployment, but like delivery in municipalities is also a problem. Not just that, also corruption is a big thing. I think corruption plays a really big um, role within what's happening within our country. you You know, a lot of people who are in power are in power own advantage not to help us. So right. I think as someone who's studying public administration, maybe I could fix that. Maybe I don't know. As time goes by I could see and maybe like change what's going on in our next. Now that independent yeah. candidates can run, I feel like maybe maybe that's yeah. what we need. So I don't know. We will see. So, my
0: last question for you is what advice do you have for those who are listening and pursuing their dream degrees and or thinking about it right like what do you what is any advice that you have
1: like pursue a degree if you're thinking about it, just go ahead and do that degree um for those who are pursuing degrees right now, don't give up like no matter how hard it may seem no matter. If you feel like you're going to fail, like just keep on going. Keep on going. Keep on going. You will graduate. You know, the aim was to get in. Now you're in, the aim is to get out. So yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: And do you have anything else to add before we close this discussion? This amazing discussion? Not that I <laughs> No, it was great. Thank you so much for just your time and your stories and just sharing your you know, high and low times in college. You know, we, I highly appreciated myself, but I'm sure the listeners appreciate it as well. Because sometimes we just feel so isolated and hearing somebody else who is do similar things or maybe not similar, but just hardships in, in their forms that they come and pushing through them kind of motivates us to keep pushing ourselves, right?
1: Yeah. I really did enjoy sharing my story. You know, I absolutely, I love speaking. So um, this actually gave me an opportunity. Thank you so much. Yeah.
0: Well, before we go, everyone knows where I'm going is check out the magazine if you
1: haven't already. Right
0: check it out latinachicaspeaksmagazine.com and check out the various categories that we have there and you can subscribe to our magazine list and we will email you um any kind of changes to the website or new stuff coming out or new stuff that is out um you will get those notifications Or you can just follow us on Instagram at Latina Chica Speaks Magazine. Our podcast is in the Latina Chica Speaks pod or directly to our own page at Intersectional Convos. Um, You can also check out the magazine on Twitter at Latina Chica uh, 1 or you could check us out at Intersect convos as well and we are now on clubhouse you can find us at clubhouse if you're on clubhouse we're at latina chica um we also have two clubs the magazine club the latina chica speaks magazine club or the latina chica speaks magazine podcast club where our podcast resides and (laughs) and resides with other podcasts so check them out um, or you can email us directly anytime at intersectionalconvos at gmail.com. Um, or to the magazine's mail at latinachikaspeaks at gmail.com. And lastly, Nay, do you want to tell them one more time where your podcast is located?
1: Um, they can find my podcast page on Instagram at Neva podcast. On Twitter, you can follow it at podcastney. And then, of course, it's on Spotify. You know, just check it on Google Podcasts, wherever you can get your podcast. Um, I actually want to manually add it. So, yeah, um, for now, you can find her on Spotify because Spotify is more common, of course. So, yeah, and then my email, like I said, I will give her the email, and then she'll put it in the description of the episode.
0: Yes. Yeah. And if you enjoyed our podcast or Nay's podcast, um, please consider donating—not only to us, but maybe to Nay. Maybe you have a buy me a coffee link. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> but please donate to our project. We are currently looking for new mics, new um. Like backdrops, like 3D back, um, like screens. We could do 3D effects to different content we're imagining, not just for the magazine, but for the. Us as well so that we can continue to entertain you in different ways um and so we hope that you check it out we also have an amazon wish list now so if you like to see what exactly we are interested in and would like to purchase that for us um we would highly appreciate it we would do a happy dance yes happy dance does come included and we also have just on the website you click donate and we have links various ways to donate through stripe or paypal um if that's what you wish to do and well we enjoyed this episode of intersectional conversations with mujeres Profesionales with our special guest Nay from Nay the podcast please check her out thank you again for being here
1: and um, thank you so much um and um no problem at all uh I hope that people do reach out to me. I mean, I love making new friends, so (laughs) it would be nice for people to reach out to
0: me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everyone, that is all we have for you today. This is the part where we say goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye.
1: Bye.